welcome to Treks and Sci-Fi. This is podcast number 464, um, and today we're going to be talking about the Star Wars Expanded Universe, the books, not any of the other myriad stuff that counts in the Expanded Universe. Uh, my name is uh, Chris Clemente, and with me is uh, Brian Dunn. Gobble, gobble, Chris. How are you, my friend? I'm alive somehow after uh, Brave... Your yeah. tryptophan coma? Oh, God. <laughs> Never doing it again. My wife talked me into going to the mall on Black Friday today, um, and I'm never, which is when we're recording this. Sorry if that breaks the fourth wall, but um, yeah, it was horrible. I'm never going again. Um, but anyway, hope everybody had a good Thanksgiving here in America, um, or as everybody else calls it, Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I ate way too much. Um, it's really hard not to. I guess, but it is. You know, it's. It, 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 I have. You know, I'm. People who know me you know, from the forums and stuff know that I kind of adhere to a little bit of a draconian kind of diet. But uh, I, I let loose a little bit, and I pay for it the next day. That's for sure. I feel. Oh. I felt terrible this morning. Logie. I mean, I. I know. I now know what logie means. You know what I yeah. mean? It's like, you know, and it's never really the dinner that does me in because the dinner, while everything is delicious, it's usually the desserts. My dad. Yep. Uh, does the dinner and my wife brought two pies my dad had a pie he had brownies so you can't sit there and look at that stuff and not want to like try a little bit of everything and then I mean forget it I was the rest of the night I was just sort of laying there just like, <laughs> you know job of the hut you know I mean, oh, shoot yeah. <laughs> so but, yes, you know, well, I'm looking. I'm definitely looking forward to uh, talking a little bit about the uh, expanded universe books with you today um Chris and I sort of decided that we wanted to just touch upon some of the the mainstays of the expanded universe um, and try to talk about them, not necessarily in the order in which they are in universe, but as they were released, because that sort of has always informed how we consume them and how we sort of look at them. And uh, you know, I certainly, I, you know, I, I, Chris and I both are familiar with and sure are our listening uh, public is as well with some of the very, very early books. Um, and we're going to probably start way at the beginning with the very first EU book that did come out. Um, and it's just an interesting, it's just interesting how this world developed and the directions that the various authors took and uh, from whether it be with, from direction from Lucasfilm, how much Lucasfilm was involved with giving them direction, which I tend to think it wasn't that much. Uh, oh, you can there's sort of, actually a good George Lucas quote about it. Uh, which I think is how he sort of feels about the expanded universe, probably still. I think he might respect it a little bit more than he did back then, but basically what he said about it was, I don't read that stuff, I haven't read any of the novels, I don't know anything about that world. It's a different world than my world, but I do try to keep it consistent. The way I do it now is they have a Star Wars encyclopedia, so if I come up with a name or something else, I look it up and see if it has already been used. When I said other people could make their own Star Wars stories, we decided that, like Star Trek, we would have two universes, mine and this other one. They try to make their universes consistent with mine, but obviously they get enthusiastic and want to go off in other directions. So he's sort of saying, you know, he wants to sort of not overwrite what they do necessarily, or at least this is what he was saying back then, right? or sort of try to use what they've done. But really, he doesn't. Back then, at least, I'm not sure when this quote was, Starlog number 337, <laughs> but um, it could have, uh, maybe he just, he, I mean, I think when it comes to Star Wars, it does. if it's on screen, it's canon, so the Clone Wars is canon, whereas, you know, New Jedi Order isn't. Well, I, I, th I think that, 
you know, you, you, you use the word respect. I don't, and I don't think it's a question of whether or not George Lucas respects the EU. I, I think he's completely indifferent to it. I think it's completely it, – it doesn't right. – it's not on his radar screen. He's never read the books. Right. Um, people often think like, oh, he must have read the, the Timothy Zahn books. Right. I really doubt it. I, there's no way he's read the books. And he's probably been told what they're about, and he certainly is, he certainly is aware when – there's conflicts with with whatever he's doing creatively and things that have done in the books, but yeah. clearly, for the most part, and and correctly so, everything defers to him, and he'll he'll he he'll never allow the EU to conflict with what he wants to do. And if it does, then the EU is the casualty, not his vision of what he what he's working on, which is the way it should be. You know, it's that's <laughs> that you know. So we're not you know we're not here to, we're not here to 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 lambast or or debate the canon of any of the material that's in the EU. Um, I certainly am capable of reading a book from the expanding universe and then have it have its entire story completely negated by by Lucasfilm content and be perfectly happy with the experience of having read it. It doesn't take anything away from me, whereas I think some fans get a little too precious with it and get really defensive about the expanded universe. Yeah. Well, what it did, um, especially, you know, in the late 80s. In early '90s, that was that was all the new Star Wars you had. So, mm. you know, you just took it for what it was, and I think people just got real attached to it. But I mean, if I, what I always find interesting is, especially when it comes to like the prequels and everything, how um, a lot of the stuff in some, like say like the Thrawn books, where they sort of reference the Clone Wars, uh, sort of not really, but sort of. They sort of have to move their, you know, sort of make their own creations sort of work within what George Lucas has decided has really happened during the Clone Wars. Right. You know, like, um, what well, well, the uh, the dreadnoughts and all that stuff that we didn't really see in the uh, mm-hmm. in the movies. They've just, you know, I just find it interesting. Listen, it gives these these authors something to be creative about. I mean, yeah, and, and the fact that they've it, that the authors themselves, I think, should be credited with really creating this universe. And you know, there's after the films, there was very little that Lucasfilm was was directing. Sure, they may have they may have had theme or Lucas books may have had themes or they have stories that maybe they wanted these authors to tell and they could give them some direction but when you get down to the nitty gritty of things like the ships and the characters and the locations um, that was all very much a product of the collective minds of these authors and they and they should be credited with, with truly creating you know a really rich vast universe that very likely is going to be you know impacted canonically with Episode seven, when it comes out, obviously, because a lot of a lot of the content in the books that we're going to talk about take place immediately following, or one one previous two, but most immediately following Return of the Jedi, and that's going to change. And again, that's I think that's okay. And where these books will always be there, and they're excellent, great stories for the most part. You know, yeah. some hits and misses, but. Um, and I, so I think I think the expanded universe, just as far as Lucasfilm is concerned, it just got really big and unwield, un, unwieldy. But that it didn't really matter to them. It could it could go off in any direction they want because it wasn't considered part of their in canon universe. Right. I mean, and I, I mean, there's lots of excellent uh, expanded universe books out. I think uh, particularly um, a lot of the stuff that spawned out of the prequels. I think um, yes, really awesome. And some of it better than than the stories in the movies. I which which is which I was just about to say. You know, it's funny. It's like yeah, I I think you're right. I think I think that the some of the strongest stories are set in the prequel era because I think a lot of people 
were left who were left cold by the prequels of films, mm-hmm. uh, the authors especially, really went out of their way and to be to make some great stories that um, you know that we just maybe didn't quite get as much resonance from the actual movies themselves. So it, you're right; it created it created a it created a uh, a vacuum of of content that was really high quality that people sort of rushed in and filled the gaps in, and and, and which is which has created some great stuff. Yeah. Um... The Darth Plagueis book is probably one of the best Star Wars books I've read in a long time. For I mean, sure. I mean, that one really, and it kind of almost val- almost validates Episode One if you're not a fan of it, because there was a you know kind of goes into a lot of the machinations of what was going on behind the scenes and what Palpatine. You know, it was it was really good. I think anybody who's so. Interested- so was that that Rise of Darth Vader book? Yes. Um, that came, that also sort of sort of told us about what life was for Anakin at, just after that suit got put on him. And for those that may not be be familiar with it, the Darth Plagueis book obviously covers the the edge the. The, Dar- the Darth Plagueis as a as a Sith Lord, and then his eventual taking on of uh, of uh, Palpatine as his uh, apprentice, and it's a great re- it's a great read that goes right into Episode One, and actually it, it goes even it goes not just the start of Episode One, it goes a good a good ways into Episode One there. Um, so it's definitely worth a, worth a look. That's Dar- definitely yeah. Two Darth Plagueis was around longer than we thought. Yeah, you know, yeah. and it was, and it was, it was, uh, it was good. And yeah, that Darth Vader book is really that came out, I think, like in two thousand six. Yeah, James Luceno wrote that one. Yeah, I think or, so. Yeah. Okay. That one was really good. I, I mean, I read it way back then, but I remember it being uh, being very good. Yeah, it was and like, and and then the individual, some of those individual, like the the books, the Yoda books, like um, there was what was the Yoda one that. Uh, I know the Shatterpoint was the Mace Windu, Mace Windu book, yeah, that was which cool. I heard was really good. And there was, was a couple of, of books with the adventures of um, of Anakin and Obi Wan on a couple of different missions, which were which were okay. I, I don't remember them being super strong. Um, oh, what was that Yoda one? I got well, well, maybe we'll eventually. Sort of I don't remember. Out, I didn't. Right? I don't think I read that one. I didn't read the the Kenobi one yet either. Okay. Oh, oh! I I just read. That's funny. We're starting with the most recent ones. Yeah. But I just I read Kenobi, um, and I loved it. It's uh, it's very much uh, a Western Star Wars novel. Um, it it actually has maybe not quite as much Kenobi as I would like in it. There's it it has a lot to do more with with some of the other characters. But it's a it's a great read. It's a fun read, um, and it definitely fills in a little bit about what what his first month or two on Tatooine was like and it was it was very eventful to say the least <laughs> <laughs> yeah all right well i'm off the off to get around to it i'm just kind of behind on books it's just, yeah I, but let's uh, let's go back to yeah, the yeah let's go way back so like i guess if you're going to say the expanded talk about expanded universe as a whole it really started with a, a book in 1978 called splinter of the mind's eye although technically you could say that it started with uh, Marvel Comics Star Wars number seven, which is really the first post movie uh, non Lucas story, but it got pretty ridiculous. I don't know if anybody's ever seen any of those um, Star Wars comics after uh, the original, but there was like a green rabbit. It was ridiculous. Oh, um, uh, Jackson, right? <laughs> yeah, it was stupid. But really, if you can, with Splinter of the Mind's Eye, and it was written by Alan Dean Foster, who's a familiar name for Star Trek fans. He's did all those. Um, those Star Trek books back in the you know the adaptations of the uh, of the uh, TV show stories. If you ever read he's, any, any of any, he's those. actually uh, well. First of all, he's the local Arizona boy. He lives down in Tucson, not too far from me. But um, he he also did the novelization for Alien. 
Oh, uh, okay. mm-hmm. yeah, no, Foster in the in the seventies and eighties was very prolific and very much in demand. Um, being of a certain age, I very much remember when Splinter of the Mind's Eye was released. Um, it was a period that um, people can remember. Star Wars had come out. The toys by '78 had started to hit. The you know every magazine like Starlog and, and all of those publications were constantly putting out Star Wars content. There was no idea of what a another Star Wars film was going to be like at that point. Um, and so Splinter of the Mind's Eye was, although written by Alan Dean Foster, very was very much directed also by George Lucas. Uh, he was very much involved in the development of the story, the direction of the story. Um, it's, it is, it's famously said that um, one of the reasons that the, the book doesn't feature Han Solo, it simply focuses on Luke, Leia, and the droids, is there was concerns whether or not they would actually have Harrison Ford back in the next film because of contractual issues. And also they wanted to make a potential follow-up to Star Wars that could be made into a film on the cheap. Mm-hmm. Uh, if Star Wars had failed to be a as big a box office success as it was, the idea was that this this story could be adapted into a screenplay that would be very very simple. The whole, all, everything takes place on one planet and one location. Um, wouldn't require a tremendous amount of optical work and special effects. Um, and it's a, so it's a very closed story um, about Luke and Leia and uh, and eventually with it, 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 getting Darth Vader involved and uh, the search for a, the, a crystal, which, what was the crystal called in the book? The, the Kyber crystal. It was a Kyber crystal, right, which, yeah. which, which became part of EU lore, right? It doesn't, yeah. doesn't the Kyber crystal appear later? It does. Okay. Yeah. You know, as a, as a, as a young guy, when this book came out, I was nine years old. When I read this book, and I, I read it cover to cover multiple, multiple times, because um, this, besides this, in, in my Star Wars book, and my Marvel Comics, that's all I had. So yeah, I always loved this book, even though it's, it is a – reading it now, and I haven't gone back to read it now, but I, I can imagine the, the way it would impact me would be very different. As a kid, I always wanted Luke and Leia to get together. I didn't understand at nine years old how cool Han was. And so <laughs> for me – and there was no brother and sister relationship at this point. So for no. me, Split of the Mind's Eye fulfilled in my head that idea that – Luke and Leia were going to fall in love and get married, and it was all going to live happy, happily ever after. And uh, and that that was always the strongest memory and strongest impact that, that book always had for me. Is it, 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 so then when Empire did come out, I was a little older, so it wasn't as like oh my gosh. But if 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 I had then put down this book and then you put Empire the Empire Strikes Back in front of me, I would have had a heart attack. I would have been like, <laughs> wait, wait, what, what, what happened? <laughs> do you remember? Do you remember reading this book and how how you felt about it when you first saw it? I remember reading it after. I think I didn't read it until like after Empire, just because of my age. I think I was probably about seven or so. So when I, when Empire came out, I was like six years old. So it wasn't right. Quite, not even really. So it's like. You know, I wasn't really old enough to be reading chapter books, <laughs> but yeah. I, I was I was an early reader. So I think I might have been seven or something when I read it. I remember thinking it was a weird book. Um, it just kind of felt a little weird to me yeah. When, yeah. Uh, when I read it. I remember you know, Darth uh, Luke cutting off Darth Vader's arm, and then Darth yep. Vader tripping over his arm. Yeah, I thought that was kind of that was kind of weird. But it, I remember reading it. Sure, I still have my original copy of it up on my bookshelf. So I mean, I I think I've read it twice. Um, yeah. But it's sort it's of 
It, it, I think you're absolutely right. It, it's just an odd duck. But for anyone who hasn't read it and you know appreciates to see a direction that Star Wars very easily could have gone, it's it's definitely worth the read. It's not a long read. It's an easy read, and it is. It it has a very different kind of tone to it. It's actually kind of dark, yeah, and kind of menacing and kind of foreboding. Um, which is which is interesting when you consider how light-hearted uh, New Hope was, or Insula's, and, and uh, it's 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 I think it's I think it's an even darker story than Empire Strikes Back. I mean, I think it's really kind of grim, but it's uh, it is an interesting study in uh, in a in a in a dead end a dead end road of the Star Wars universe. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't really. I mean, I guess they did use that Kyber crystal more, but it wasn't like anything. That book wasn't really. Um... I don't think they really ever fleshed too much out from it. I no. don't think they did. Um, yeah. You know, it's cool. I mean, Star Wars really did exist first for most people, for a lot of people in book form, because Lucas put out the Star Wars novelization before the movie. Correct. Um, which, I read, which, which, which I had read, and, you know, I had, you know, it, it was out like months before the movie. I mean, it, you, you, you were able to read the whole novel, which has some, some things that are different from the film. Yeah. Um, Quite, yeah, so it was that definitely was uh, was was on the shelves. So well, you know, the, the cool thing about that novelization is it does kind of have a lot of the seeds of what would become the prequels in it, and it talks, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. So I mean, it's a pretty interesting read, considering I guess that Lucas was the one that put it all together. So, yep. Um, but I think now after that, after um, Splinter of the Mind's Eye, I don't think there was much. I know the comics went on for quite a while. Right. Um, they were, um weird too i mean there was a lot of weird stuff they were very more much more sci-fi than what star wars was you know what i mean to me it was like they were just constantly going to these weird planets like where people were living underwater and they had like bubble helmets it seemed very flash gordon-y to me right a lot of it but i think the next the the book that really to turn me on to the expand universe is uh called heir to the empire by timothy zahn um, and this is probably still, I could probably still read the, the this series and really enjoy it. I, I really, really love, and especially at the time, it seemed so Star Wars to me. Did you, is, is, so the Thrawn trilogy, uh, three books, uh, 1991, 1992, 1993, Heir to the Empire, yeah. Dark Force Rising, Last Command by Timothy Zahn, um, did, when these when these came out in ninety one, yeah. did you pick them up right away and, of, and read oh, them? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Okay. Yeah, I, I, curious. I I actually missed all of this. I I had I was I graduated from college in nineteen ninety, so I was twenty two years old. I was working in New York City, running around like a crazy guy. I mean, and reading Star Wars books was so far out, outside of where I was, you know, in my head. Right. That I didn't, I did not come back to these books and, 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 and discover them for the first time until 2001. So I, it was 10 years of expanded universe occurred without me participating until I did come back and, and I started right at Heir to the Empire and I read them all, and then I tried to catch up with all the other books that, that were being released around that time and fill in. The, and I read them all chronologically, in-universe chronologically. Right. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, can, I, can't, I wish I had had that experience uh, yeah. that you had. It was, a, it was a really kind of a weird time. <clears throat> I was kind of getting, you know, Star Wars, for me, as far as a thing that I really was into sort of ended with Return of the Jedi almost. You know, it was like, because right. when you're a kid, especially the age I was, I was, you know, 8, 9, 10, uh, in, you know, in the mid-80s, 
you move on to other things. So there wasn't, a, you know, after Jedi, we had like those Ewok things. Right. And really, sure. that was it. And then there was those crappy, the, the droids the cartoons. droids cartoons, yeah. You know, and those were not so great. So right. like really, my I moved on to like say, because like I was into the toys a lot. And then once yep. the toys stopped coming out, and they, they kept putting them out, but it was like repaints and, and like those mini, remember those mini, uh, what were those little mini ships? Like they had like middle, little mini shuttle. I don't know if you remember. You probably like the, micro, the, the micro machines? No, 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 no. They were like, they were for, for the figures, but they were like mini versions of like the ships. Oh, mini, they call them mini rigs or yeah, something? Yeah, I don't remember what they were, but they were, they were weird. Yeah, I wasn't, uh, I was, I was in high school. I wasn't collecting or doing anything. Right, so I mean, they kind of, the Star Wars series sort of, the, Toys limped along. They they put out toys with like coins and stuff to try to get you to buy them, but like I moved on to like GI Joe and other stuff. And then once uh, I was uh, in high school and stuff, I was sort of like, ah, forget Star Wars. I mean, yeah, it was. But they started putting out. I started for some reason in high school got a little nostalgic for Star Wars later on. And in '91, when that book came out, I was like. Yeah, I'll read. I read I read tons of Star Trek books at the time, so not, why yep. not read Star Wars? And yeah, I read it and I loved it. And they were also putting out like Tops was putting out like these Star Wars cards. So I was sort of getting a little bit more into Star Wars at the time. But yeah, it was sort of like my a little bit of a, 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 a peaking my interest in Star Wars again, which had kind of gone away. Right. From now it really hasn't ever gone away. I mean, not totally. I pro- I kind of go back and forth. Well, you know, as a lot of people, a lot of us do. We're with fandom, it's like you may be more into one thing than another at the time, but it's always it's always up there for me. It's it's like my big nostalgia as far as when it comes to being a little kid. I always think of uh, of my Star Wars toys and and yeah. my and my comic books. But I mean, yeah, it was it was a really to me the uh, it was like what I wanted a little bit more out of Star Wars was a little bit more grown up. Yeah, you know, I mean, there was a lot. The characters all seemed still true to me. They weren't written, but they were written very well. But they were older, you know. It took place, you know, nine like, years after nine the years of after the Battle of Yavin. But they were in a different place now. Like Leia is like a politician, and mm-hmm. uh, Han is sort of her husband. And I mean, it was it was really uh, they were really good. They're really good books. And Timothy yeah. Zahn, I've met him a few times at conventions. He's a really nice. He's a really cool guy to meet. Really yeah, nice. I agree. I I found as a as an as an older fan who had. Who had you know been watching the prequels and rediscovering my that this was this was sort of my Star Wars renaissance right I sort of rediscovered my love for Star Wars it was in in this time so I read these books and I just loved them I loved getting back together with Han Luke and Leia and the droids and these familiar characters and and I was perfectly okay with with them being a little older the Han and Leia having been married having children. Um, so yeah, it was it was it was great, and it, what's and what was nice about these books is they they allowed you to sort of get into this, get back into the Star Wars universe for me, um, with not having been informed by the comics or anything else, just straight back into it with with something I was familiar with. So it wasn't like I had to learn something new. These were my characters. This was my Star Wars, and uh, so those first three books of the Thrawn trilogy by Timothy Zahn really. I mean, he, and rightfully so, he's credited with really kicking off the expanded universe as we know it today. Um, and he was immediately followed up uh, a year later with the Jedi Academy trilogy by another author who would become a, a big factor in uh, in Star Wars EU, uh, Kevin J. Anderson. Yeah, he's a big uh, he's a big one. Yep. And I, I you know, I, but I, I I read Jedi Search, Dark Apprentice, Champions of the Force. For the life of me, though, I cannot recall how. Like really, what happened to them that much? No, I'm uh, staring at them. I'm looking at my bookshelf, and they're up there. Yeah, I know. I have them. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I 
don't quite remember exactly what happened in all those books. There's, but... you know, there's some some ones that just stick with you more, like yeah, some like like some of the single ones tend to stick with me more, like. Uh, the New Rebellion, I thought, was a really well-done book. I, Jedi, I thought was a really well-done book. And I remember, like, points about those stories. But, yeah, that Jedi Academy, the most thing the thing I remember most about that is just that it had the, the, the solo kids in it and, and sort of their friends. And I don't really remember much else about it. Yeah, I mean, I just, it, it was, but I, I like that they, they they did the Thrawn trilogy and then immediately did the Jedi Academy trilogy. And it, it at the very least, what it did is set up the idea that Luke was going to reestablish the Jedi Knights as a as yeah. a meaningful force in the universe, in the galaxy, and everything. And that, uh, um, so that I think that was a great springboard and, and one again a a, a storyline that that goes all the way up to the present EU. I mean, it's just that that idea yep. that he has this academy and uh, on Yavin Four, and that's they they train Jedi and everything. Um, and then, well, I guess then the Callista trilogy, Children of the Jedi, Dark Saber, and Planet of Twilight. And of those, uh, Dark Saber, I remember being a very strong book again by Kevin J. Anderson. That was I, a very cool book. I loved yeah. that book. That was a that was a that was an interesting story. Um, it was about the um, the Huts were trying to build like a super laser, right? Okay, right. Yep. And um, and there there was like it was, there was a covert mission. Remember that General Maydeen was in it. Okay. Um, and he got killed. But I mean, oh, that spoiler, was spoiler alert. Sorry. <laughs> but the cool thing, I don't know. I want, I want to touch on the Thrawn trilogy a little bit more. Um, the cool thing about the Thrawn trilogy was that it didn't like there was um, before. I, I want. I, I feel like there was. I don't know if you're familiar with this, but Dark Horse Comics put out this thing called Dark Empire. I don't know if it was before or after Thrawn trilogy, but it was kind of goony. Um, the characters weren't didn't feel right to me um but it kind of was more it was just like oh luke is going to be evil now and okay. you know the emperor comes like the clone there's a emperor has a clone okay i've i've heard of that but i've never read yeah that. but it's it's it the art is kind of interesting but it doesn't feel very star wars it feels like i don't know it's just kind of goofy yeah but the throne trilogy introduces it just it takes these characters and sends them off into a new direction like with a, a newer a new villain that's interesting mm-hmm. you know like Thrawn as a villain is very interesting he's not just like this evil guy cackling and stuff he's like a he's a strategist um and he and there's some good side characters as a captain of the uh, Star Destroyers with oh, int- yeah Pelion. yeah Pelion. And, and you're right Tim, I think Timothy Zahn really did everyone a great service because he also established the Remnant Empire right so he so he he created not only a great villain in Thrawn and all of these ancillary characters that would continue through the other novels, but he also established the potential threat to the New Republic in the form of a remnant empire that's still out there, and uh, allowing us to, allowing us as fans really to sort of have a touchstone of something we're familiar with, so that it's it, we can always get to that familiar spot. You know, we we get the empire. You know, obviously that was that's something that they that they got away from. When they get to the new Jedi Order and get a get a whole new villain and you know yeah. something to threaten the galaxy, but here these stories are very compartmentalized and very much in order. From you can just you can just take a through line from Return of the Jedi straight down through. I mean this this series, the the Black Fleet Crisis series, the Corellian Trilogy, Hand of Thrawn, all of these that are on our list here. You can just it, it, they, they go straight through. It seems. Yeah, there are there are nice. There are, you're right. There's a nice. You don't really need 
um, anything else. You've seen the yep. movies. You can re- you can jump into the Thrawn trilogy. There is a book that takes place if you want to say chronologically as far as uh, the uh, movies go before this, which is the truce at Bakura happens right. before the Thrawn trilogy happens, like immediately after Return of the okay. Jedi. Right. So I mean, I, I mean, I guess I don't think it came out. Maybe it did. I remember getting it for Christmas one year from my grandmother, uh, but I don't remember if it came out before Heir to the Empire. I don't think it did, but I, I think it came out, I think it's meant to be right before Thrawn Trilogy. kind of establishes uh, Leia. It's all about Leia, sort of. Um, oh, then and also the, there was the courtship of Princess Leia, which, right. which was released after the Thrawn Trilogy, but obviously it takes place uh, a year before the yeah. Thrawn Trilogy. Yeah. Is, yeah, those books sort of establish Leia's like, sort of a uh, like um, what do you want? What am I tr- looking? For? What's the word I'm looking for? Like a diplomat, sort of. Right, right. It was, those those are interesting, but you you can really literally watch the movies and jump right into the Thrawn trilogy. You don't need any more. You don't need anything else, and then you can go from there because you can pick and. But the problem is, is that what happened is um, they stopped being more like there was less standalone books and more like part of a series. Right. You know, so like if you, like the New Jedi Order, which started, I think, in 99, um, which was when, um, what was that, Vector Prime was the first Vector book? Vector Prime was the by R.I. Salvatore, yep. Where they, spoiler alert, where they kill off Chewbacca, mm-hmm. you know, with, um, that, remember, came out after episode one in the theater, so really it was like, hey, Star Wars is back, and then you have this other version of Star Wars out there. But those right. books, you really had to sort of read those because the characters were sort of growing throughout those books instead of being characters you knew from the movies. Now it was like the Solo Kids and yep. um, Mara Jade, who was in the Thrawn trilogy. Um, but yeah, and they, and they introduced the new villain, uh, the Yuzan Bong. Bong. Um, right. I never really knew how to say that for a while. But. No, and, and and I gotta say, I mean, I I tackled the New Jedi Order. I mean, I, you know, after after re, you know, and, and you're right. There was there was a there was some nice symmetry initially with the EU, Thrawn trilogy, Jedi Academy trilogy, X-Wing. the Black Fleet, yeah, X Wing, the X Wing books, the Black yeah. Fleet Crisis trilogy. Which Black Fleet, if I recall, those were books about Luke discovering like a an old fleet of ships that had like some special technology or something, right? Yeah, I remember that. Those are another ones. Those are other ones that I've read and just Yeah. But anyway, so, but but there was there was there was a progression. There was the Carillion trilogy and these all these all took us from 9 years up to about 18 years in the the, the last two Hand of Throne books, 19 years after the 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 Battle of um of Yavin. Then you jump, you're right. We we get the Phantom we get the Phantom Menace and we we get the return of Star Wars content to the theaters and that excitement. And then we get the new Jedi Order which jumps ahead to 25 years after the Battle of Yavin. And I just think I think the new Jedi Order just suffered from just being way too ambitious. I mean, I think they just they just swung for the fence with a massive what is it? 15 18 book yeah. I mean, 15 book series and uh it just it collapses under its own weight it just gets to the point where you, you, i i can remember being halfway through the series um maybe around star by star dark journey and just throwing the book up and saying i'm done i can't i'm done <laughs> trying to keep track of all of this i'm done trying to to you know because each there was there was a couple of books that sort of kept the story moving forward but then there were these other books. Like I think they did it like a hardcover and then two paperbacks, and then a yeah. hardcover and two paperbacks. And I just was like, oh my god, I can't. I just can't take it. There's 20, <laughs> tw- 23 books, by the way. 
Oh my gosh, yeah. I say it, it just seems that would just seem to be, you know, I mean, yes, they introduced, you know, an, an interesting new villain in the Yuzon Vong with their technology being sort of organic and yep. they weren't force sensitive or they weren't, you know, they, they, but I mean, I don't know. It just, it just got to the point where I just felt, I just felt fatigued trying to work my way through it. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> It was hard to keep up with, like especially if you're not somebody that reads quickly. Some people read a book in a day and they're done, but that's not me because I don't have right. a lot of time yeah, during either. the day. I have children, and I have had children for 16 years now, so I have not been able to I, – I, since then, I used to, when I was younger, sure, you'd give me a book. I'd go lay around and read a book, and I'd be done with it. So, okay, well, that's not me now, so it's like – you know, I'd work through a book, and now there's like four more books out. You know, and it's like you're right. How do you keep up with it? You can't. It's impossible. Yeah. So and, then, and I mean, and a lot happens in these books oh, that they're killing off characters. I mean, they are, and so and so if you don't get get the content out of it, then all of a sudden you're a little lost in the sauce on the EU. And I think that I think that that's why the that's this is the point where the EU got a little started to expand too quickly and I don't think they I don't think they've been able to rein it back in to this day. I think that that's still an issue for them. I think that when they came back with uh that, that there was that darkness trilogy which I didn't I don't think I read. <laughs> I'm I'm trying to I know it's about those bug aliens. Yeah. But I don't I don't I think I skipped that. Um because Legacy of the Force came out not too soon after and I was probably still trying to get through New Jedi Order when the Darkness trilogy came out. Yeah, um, the uh, Legacy of the Force came out like I think like immediately after those Dark Nest trilogy. Yeah, um, and those I read all of. I yes. Now this I, this series I liked. I, I actually did like this series. It not maybe maybe you know the whole uh, Jason going dark and everything. You know, but it, it was a little too on the nose and yeah. a little too like, well, okay, well, we're kind of reliving history a little bit. But at least at least it was concise and it wasn't quite so many books and there was a schedule that I knew they were going to be coming out every. You know, th- two, three a year, or three, you know, three books a year, so I could stay on top of it, and I didn't, I didn't feel, and it, they it takes, it's forty years after the Battle of Yavin, so I didn't feel like I needed to go back and brush up and and figure out all the stuff that happened in the New Jedi Order books. I could just sort of jump, I can get back into it here and feel comfortable. They with sort it. of bring you up to speed, um, somewhat. In the in the books, you know, you sort of know, like, say, uh, well, uh, Anakin Solo, who's one of the Solo kids, died during the uh, Yuzang Vong War, right. sacrificed himself. Um, that's sort of one of the main driving forces uh, in the legacy of the Force, as far as Jason Solo goes. Uh, mm-hmm. And and I think I think they crafted his his fall um, well. I think they did a good job. I, you know, I'm, so it makes these it makes these a, a solid B effort if I was to grade them. You know, whereas the, if the Thrawn trilogy is an A, um, Legacy of the Force would definitely be a solid B. I think you know I think the the, story, the books work. They move the action along. They're they're pretty exciting reads. They so. are good. They, there's good action in those. There the, are, the yeah. craziest thing about those books, Legacy of the Force, 40 years after the Battle of Yavin, is that Boba Fett. Is still kicking still around. <laughs> I mean, it's like these old people that are out there busy, like, and he's like Mandalore or whatever he is in those books. Yeah. yeah. And I think, like, you know, they've explained it like he somehow got like medication or something because as, as, right, as a clone, he was breaking a, down or something. I don't remember. Yeah. But I, think I mean, was it, it Tempest? Was that the book that was 
that blood, was the one that was all that was mostly about him, his daughter. Yeah. Uh, Bloodlines, right? Blood that was about lines. him and his, his his daughter, right? I mean, yes. it was his daughter. And, yes, his daughter. Yeah. Yeah, I actually I actually liked those books. I thought that was an that was a, an interesting way to revisit that character, and it also made I think they they I think Karen Travis, who would go on to obviously be very much involved with the Mandalorian, so I think she really created a Boba Fett who was just not a nice guy, but you still liked him. I mean, he, in, in that book, he's, he's not a good person. I mean, no. he's, not a, he's, he's not kind, he's not, you know, you, you, you know, maybe part of you is like, oh, maybe Boba Fett, when he's an old man, is a nice guy. And he's like, no, he's a total prick. Yeah. You know, he's really, he's really a nasty guy. Um, and she doesn't shy away from that. You know, she lets that, that be that way. And it's, it's, so I, always, I, I, like, I like that revisit of that particular character. For, yeah, the, the, I, that, that was a really great... The Legacy of the Force, like you said, it's a, I think it's a little bit more. I think it's like a B plus. I think that it delivers on on a lot of uh, fronts. And it was, to me, it was... It, I, I was lost. Like you, the New Jedi Order, I was like, listen, I, I, gotta, I got other things to do. So it's like... <laughs> <I'm out. laughs> yeah, and it was like, I'd rather read... Like a single, if I'm going to read like a like a book that's based on something, I'd rather read like a single Star Trek book that is one book um, than right. have to have be weighed down with all this continuity. Uh, nowadays, the Star Trek books right. are like the New Jedi Order; they're one long, continuous, you know, sort of all joined together, which is becoming its own thing. But luckily for us, I guess there will never be any more Star Trek in that vein so they can do whatever the hell they want right you know i mean which they have done they've destroyed deep space nine they've done all kinds of crazy stuff and it doesn't matter because it'll never affect anything because there's never going to be another next generation movie there's never going to be a deep space nine movie so it doesn't matter they can go nuts now like you were saying um in uh, the last book in that series uh, invincible was really was really well done too. It was right when with the the final confrontation. And I thought that Jane. it built up the Jaina Solo character nicely. Yep. And gave you know she had the train and and yep. and I thought it was pretty cool. And you know, like you said, it, his fall was a little bit actually it was it was better done than Anakin's in the movies. There's no yeah. doubt about it because yeah. Anakin's like in one second he goes from like I'm a Jedi, and the next second he's like, all right, whatever you want there, Palpy, I'm all yours. Right. And I'll chop off his arm. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I mean. You know what I mean? It was very. Yeah. I, I think the intention that Lucas had is that you know Palpatine had such a crazy influence over Anakin that once he decided to turn it on, uh, that that was sort of how it was going to be. Yeah. Whereas in in Legacy of the Force, Jason is sort of drawn down the path on his own. He meets this 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 dark lady character Lumaya, uh-huh. and then sort of he sort of becomes dark before he becomes dark you know what i mean yeah, yeah no it's very progressive and it's a yeah. it's a very gradual uh it, it, you know change in him as he sort of sinks further and further and they they let it play out in a nice way that you know it, you 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 know where this is going and it actually creates a lot of apprehension in you as the reader because you're like oh don't do it don't do it you know because you because you, you, he was a hero in yep. in in the jedi in the new jedi order so now all of a sudden you're like oh my gosh we're going to lose this guy so you do get to go through that emotional roller coaster that we sort of got a little cheated out of due to the the fact that the prequels were only going to be three films, the fact that Lucas decided to start it when Anakin was only eight years old, you know, so we yeah. missed we, we 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 had only a certain we had nine hours or eight hours of content to fill and we started wrong and it so we never got that. But we got we you definitely get it with like the Yeah, the I never I always said that you could have started the prequels with episode two and episode one is almost it's not necessary. It is yeah. because I mean, you know, 
you don't need to know all the how the soup is made. I mean, Star Wars: uh, A New Hope starts you off in a brand new universe, and it doesn't explain everything to you. You know, it's like, oh, right. there, there was a Clone Wars, whatever that is. Who cares? You know right. what I mean? It was something cool that happened, and you know, your dad was in it. Okay. He's yeah. a Jedi. What's that? We're Jedi's. We're, we we do this. All right, cool. You know what I mean? You, it's so what? Anakin and Obi Wan are are partners together, and they yep. had ventures beforehand. Do we need to know that Anakin was a slave? Well, maybe we can find that out. Yeah. But I mean, you, yeah, I think that that would have been a better choice if you wanted to sort of have him be sort of seduced by the dark side. But whatever. And really, in in the in the in these books, he doesn't really turn until like I guess the fifth book. And yeah. where uh, he kills, um, spoiler alert again, if you care, he kills Mara Jade, who was Luke's, uh, Luke Skywalker's wife. Yep. Um, he kills which her. Is, which is, which is, which is pretty bold. That was like, I was, I was taken very much by surprise. I, when I, as a reader, I was like, whoa, did not see that coming. Yeah. And that was, uh, that was, and, uh, and yeah, Luke has a kid too in this named Ben, um, and it's a really, uh, it's good. I recommend those books yeah, uh, highly sure. because I mean it's it is like it's nice, sort of compact. Even though it's like ten books or whatever, it's nine books, ten books, whatever it yeah. is. It's a uh, it's a nice sort of self contained story, but it is a little bit on the nose when Jason Solo's walking around in like black body armor. Yeah. <laughs> and even even I think it's self referenced in the book. Like, does he know what he's doing? You know what he yeah. looks like? I mean, what's he up to here? He's got these. He's got these troopers. He's got black armor on. I mean, what's he? What's going on here? You know. And I, th- I think it would have been to the general betterment of the EU if they had decided at the end of the Legacy of the Four series to maybe try and go a different direction. But unfortunately, they didn't. And you know, as much as I want to wanted to like Fate of the Jedi, and I did like some of the books, I think that at this point, the Fate of the Jedi series really showed that. You just can't keep riding the same horse forever, yeah. and uh, you know this is the point where people complain about you know it, it, the stories are all about Han and Leia sitting around and drinking coffee all the time, and <laughs> or you know and and they bring back this lost tribe of the Sith idea, and then and then this new Abeloth character who's like this 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 ver- this horrible version of the dark side of the Force, and and, and you you really get the sense that you're reading stories of really old people trying to be heroes and it just just does never ever seem to I, I i was faithful to the books i read it every i bought every single one in hardcover i read them and i enjoyed them it's not that i i was disappointed in reading them but taken in, in their in its entirety and looking back upon that series it really was the really was showing its age at this point as well i as I, uh, I i did bail on that series i got did you? yeah i just yeah. again it became a series that wasn't that interesting to me and I was doing other things. I mean, because I was more I for some reason I I just love the the books that are like the one one offs, you know? Yeah. Like yeah. even the Millennium Falcon book, which is sort of like you know, it's a little it's it's tied into um the Legacy of the Four series because it yep. starts off with Han and Leia with um um with their granddaughter uh-huh. Alana. And there's and they kind of go through the history of the Millennium Falcon, which this yeah. for one ship to have such an insane, insane like history is pretty interesting. Yeah. But that was a really that was a fun book anyway. Sort of you got you, you sort of learned a little bit more about the the uh, the universe that was going on, I guess, around the time before. And uh, I don't know. I I I, I find the uh, the single books just very easy to consume. You know, yeah, like absolutely. You know, like but there's some pretty cool. Um, Compilation books, uh, 
like those Tales books, the Tales mm-hmm. of the Bounty Hunters, which I love. That is a cool book. I don't know if you've read that one before. I, I, I haven't read. I've read Tales from Moss Eisley Cantina, which I really enjoy. That's a fun book. Um, but I've never. I did, no, I'm sorry. Yes, I did read Tales of the Bounty Hunters. That's I did. great. And you know, and, and, and I'm embarrassed. I don't remember. It wasn't even that long ago. I mean, it, was, it was like three years ago, maybe. I think it was during. I think it was in between um, Legacy and. Um, um, yeah, I, I think it was when I between Legacy and um, and uh, Fate of the Jedi. I think I was looking for something to fill it in, and I think I read that then. I love that book. That one's. Okay. My, I mean, I but you know what is like it's it's cool that like these characters that have not that had nothing to do in the movies, you know, yeah. they're, they're show up and then and they're an action figure for Lom, you know, or Dengar. Yeah. I was always like, what is Dengar's deal? Why is he a guy wearing bandages? And yeah, yeah. Like, you get to find out what their deal is in like these books. You know what I mean? They kind of it, it's 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 a cool. Uh, that's a cool one, and it's like a little. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for for that book? <sighs> I don't know. It's like a comp- not compilation. It's the wrong kind of. It's like short like stories. Antholo- like an anthology. Anthology, or... I guess, something like that. Yeah, that's okay. a that's that's a, that's a cool book. And there's a there's a lot of cool sort of one shots out there if you don't yep. want to have to be tied down to a, a whole and, series. And, and you meant you, it, it bears repeating. You mentioned it earlier, just briefly, but the X Wing series books by oh, Stackpole. Yeah. Those are a lot of fun. I, I those I have read. I haven't read all of them, but I have read some of them, and I I've always enjoyed those. Those are a lot of fun following the adventures of Rogue Squadron and Wedge and Tilly's and all those guys. Yeah, it gives Wedge like. Uh... Uh, you know, a something to do besides uh, bail out of battles. Yeah. Oh, Yoda, Yoda, Dark Rendezvous, 2004, okay. Sean Stewart. That was the one. <laughs> anyway, sorry. <laughs> I just I'm scrolling back here in time a little bit, and I just I just stumbled across that. Um, no. But yeah. And now, have you have you gone back and and read some of the old Republic books like uh, Revan and? Uh, yes, I okay. read you... Revan. I read, um, which I, I love that game, like the old Republic, the Knights which, of the Old. And I don't, and ble- I don't play it, so I, I'm. Uh, well, I'm talking it, about the, um, not the, not the old Republic, but Knights, Knights of the Old Republic, Knights of the old which, Republic, which was right. um, uh, Xbox game back in the uh, like 2002. Okay. Which was an M- uh, RPG, and it, it started that whole story of Revan and established that old old uh, Republic uh, sort of universe. Do you do you like the old Republic books, the, the Revan, Deceive, Fatal Alliance, and Annihilation? I, I haven't. Re- I've only read Deceived and Revan so far. Okay. I didn't. I haven't read the other two. But I, I find they're, they're, what I like about the ones that I've read is that it's it's yeah they have their own they're kind of um, tied to the, the the old Republic video games so they sort of have to but they flesh out that universe and I guess if you've ever played those games it's pretty cool to uh, see what's going on because you why, yeah. you play those games and you're like or play that game and you're like why is there an empire and why do they have star destroyers you know what I mean this is like two thousand years and then it sort of like establishes the Sith sort of have. I guess a design aesthetic, but you know, right. whatever. But I mean, they're, no, they're they're cool. I, Revan is a pretty interesting story. Um, that's that's a, that is a cool. Uh, I forgot all about the old Republic books or the old Republic. Yeah, and, and uh, although although I, I I've read them, I I can't say that they they had a big impact on me. I sort of felt like I was just sort of reading them for the sake of reading them because I had nothing else to read. I <laughs> did very much like the Darth Bane books. Yeah, those are cool. Yeah, I thought the Darth Bane books, you know, really. Really had an interesting story, and I guess I kind of like because there was it seemed that that there was some sort of you know, there was this whole conflict. Well, is it Sith rule of two, or is it, or is it Sith like Lost Tribe of the Sith, where they're running around everywhere? Um, <laughs> so the Darth Bane book at least gave gave some sort of an ex- explanation as to how it went from being Sith running around all over the place to just being two. Yeah, um, uh, and, cold- and and he's an interesting character. 
Yeah, he is. Um, there was also a bunch of books put out about, um, especially like during the clone for the Clone Wars and that sort of time period, the prequel era. Um, there was a book, uh, Republic Commando, which Karen Travis right. wrote, and that was sort of based off of a video game called Republic Commando for the Xbox. And then they sort of built a whole, uh, whole bunch of, of uh, books around that series, which is interesting. It follows these four yeah. clone, clone troopers, even into Order Six, Order Sixty Six. Have, have, have you read? Did, did you read them? I only read like up to triple zero, so I didn't read the whole series. Um, I was interested to see what those characters were doing during Order Sixty Six because when I was reading um, those these books and when you play that game, these are clones that have these very unique personalities. Right. And I'm sort of interested to see what what they did during uh, Order Sixty Six, but I didn't read. I haven't got that far. There's so many books. Holy mackerel! I mean, there's so many Star Wars books and yeah. Uh, let's see. There's Clone Wars books. There was there was books put out during the Clone Wars that, did, that are not anything to do with the uh, the cartoon, but actual just put out during the for as uh, a Clone Wars story. Like the uh, Mace Windu is just Shatterpoint, which is sort of the first book that sort of gets into uh, Mace Windu. That's a yeah. pretty pretty uh, interesting uh, concept that he's one of these Jedi's that can see the Shatterpoint in the Force, which is right. sort of going to determine the outcome of a situation. You know what, what I can recommend. Um, I don't know if you've ever read the the three little Clone Wars books that were not from um, Delray, but they were um, not Scholastic, but they were. The, Karen Travis wrote two, and Karen Miller wrote one. It was the Clone Wars, Wild Space, and No Prisoners, and they were just they were just these little these little little one off books, but they're really fun little stories. Um, and I just wanted to I just, I just see them on my list here, and I was and I remember reading them and really enjoying those. So for anyone that's ever ever likes to get some additional Clone Wars stuff. And these sort of take place within the context of the Clone Wars animated series. Right. Is is sort of the era where these are sort of taking place and they're kind of fun. They're fun little quick little reads. Yeah, and there was a build up like say like to episode 3 there was Labyrinth of Evil, right. which is like takes place directly before Revenge of the Sith. And I think even the novelization of Revenge of the Sith even references stuff that happened in uh, Labyrinth of Evil. Um, and Revenge of the Sith if if, if You've never read it. You got to read that. It the, the, it's the, a, it's not, so good. It's oh, it's, it's so good. <laughs> it yeah. is. I, I I actually listened to it on audio. Uh huh. Um, and I was like, whoa, this 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 is way better than the movie. Way yeah, it's, better. It's phenomenal. <laughs> they 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 do a little. Uh, they get inside the heads of some of the characters and have some inner dialogues that really go, wow, that's what they were thinking at that point. And what's nice about that book is that it is somewhat canonical in in that. I know that George Lucas was very much involved in helping helping that book. Who wrote who wrote that? That was um, that was um, James Luceno. No, no, James Lucano wrote the uh, the Labyrinth of Evil. That was Michael. Oh no, Matthew Stover. Sorry. Matt Stover, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He that he worked direct. I remember him saying that he worked directly with George on that. And that uh, so a lot, a lot of what you're what you're what you're reading in that book that is really fleshing out. Especially Anakin's motivation, um, which we said is, you know, we, we both agree is kind of lacking, it seems, um, when you watch the films. But you read the book, and it, it, it makes it much more, ah, okay. And what's funny about about a book like that, where you do have George's influence, you can see that in George's head, all of, the thing, all of these incredible things are happening. It's just that it doesn't always get to the screen, but it's in his head, so he just sort of assumes we all know. But yeah, we don't. <laughs> because I know. we don't see what he put out there. But I mean, so people are criticizing him as a storyteller, 
but I bet you if you could just crawl inside his head and watch the story unfold, it would be incredible. But because he, he has a tendency to get distracted and into the minutia of, tech, of the technology of film, and you, you, you lose it. And so in, in his, you know, his failings as a director, and he's, you know, I think, but if you, I think if you, I really do believe that when you read some of these books where he had an influence, you can see how he saw these movies and why, why he's so surprised that no, no one likes them. You know? yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, just like on the Star Wars Blu-rays, when he has that little bit, it's one of the extra features where he's talking about the dark side. I yeah. think it's on the Empire Blu-ray. Uh-huh. And it's like, I think it's about like, it's during, it was filmed like during a, like a writer's meeting for the Clone Wars um, cartoon oh, series. Yes. Uh, I, and you I see like, what's his face, yeah. Dave Filoni, they're like sketching stuff uh-huh. while, while he's talking. But George is explaining the dark side of the force and you're going, well, that's awesome. How yeah. come that doesn't ever come out in the in the movies? Because it's clearly he has a really good idea of where this is all, what is all, how it's all supposed to slot together. But yep. it doesn't, you know, it doesn't really. Um, like you said, he, he he's also a, a guy that gets wrapped up in like landing gear of spaceships and and right. having like, you know, sort of like say. Um, uh, like James Cameron, you know, in Avatar, he's all about like making new technologies. He's excited by the technology more than maybe creating, or maybe more than like the story or characters, which I, I think is somewhat true. Yeah, I've always, I've always, my, my I've, the criticism that I would level at George Lucas is not that he's a crappy storyteller; it's that he's a technocrat. I mean, he, yeah. his his fascination and his his passion is in the technology of film as opposed to the storytelling of film. And it, not that he can't be a good storyteller, as he demonstrated with, his fir- with the first three films, but you know, at the end of the day, it, what really lights his fire is you know, digital filming and, and what, what, how they can push the envelope with the visual effects, with the sound, with everything that goes into the actual production of film. And... Uh, yeah, I think, and that's why it's nice to be in this new, a new and exciting era where you know we have fresh, new blood coming in to take a look at this and uh, to take another crack at it. I'm, I'm excited to see where, yeah. they, where they go with it. Well, I sure. mean, I, it's something that I said should be anyway. I think that, I think well, what happened was I think between '83 and like the mid '90s, George Lucas went from being George Lucas to being quote George Lucas, right? Like the George <laughs> yeah. Lucas. And I think that you start to believe your own press, and I don't think he thought he needed any other input because, like, episode one is all him. He wrote it on right. his pad. He didn't. He didn't accept any input into it. It was his story. That was his story. He wrote it and he directed it, just like he did A New Hope. Yeah. Uh, but people change between you know in, in thirty years. You know, people change dramatically. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, you know, I, I don't. I think that why say Empire works so good is because of the input he had from other talented writers like Lawrence Kasdan, who mm-hmm. is involved in episode seven. So that can't be a bad thing. Yep. And who else was involved in, in empire? It was another, it was a, a lady. Um, what was her name? Well, the, she wrote the original. Yeah. yeah. But, but they, they, she died um, not yeah. too soon after. And I think, I don't, as I recall, I think, Lee Brackett. right. I, I think Kasdan was, I think Lucas did a rewrite of that. Uh, I don't think he was particularly happy about the way that that came together. And if anyone, we, Chris and I were talking about it earlier, if anyone um, has the making of The Empire Strikes Back, it talks a lot about 
Lee's initial treatment and direction for Empire yeah. versus what we got, and it is very, very different. It, it had Han Solo going off to find his father. It was a whole different set of circumstances were going on in that in that screenplay. But to George Lucas's credit, he re, he let her remain and give her give her a screenwriting credit posthumously um, in yeah. Empire because he so appreciated her efforts and the fact that she passed away not too not so after. Yeah, but, but uh, Kasdan, that guy is a great writer. Um, yeah. yeah. And he did a great Western. I think he did, um, what was it, uh, Silverado. I love that movie. Oh, that's a good movie. Yeah. <laughs> hey, yeah, just getting, just getting back to the books real tri- quick yeah. um, and talking about some of the, like, the one-offs and, the, and the, these, little in, these little stories or, tri- or, or novels that have come out. Um, have, you, have you read, like, the, the Death Troopers or the Red Harvest or the no, Star you know, Wars? No, you know, I see those. I saw them and I saw, like, the cover. Uh-huh. And I was, like, sort of intrigued by it. But I, I don't know, for one reason or another, I didn't. I didn't pick it up. Uh, yeah, I, I've read both. I'm not a horror genre fan at all, but yeah. I was again. I was looking for something to read that was Star Wars, and so and they're and they're they're kind of fun. They're 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 just an, a very odd kind of take on the universe, but it works. I mean, I, I think both books kind of make it work, and uh, you know they're pretty gruesome and uh, Death Troopers especially because I know you're you're a big fan of The Walking Dead, even though I, <laughs> even though you're, you're you're feeling zombied out right now. <laughs> I'm a little zombied out. I gotta admit, it's like I, I, when I was you know there was a t- Time when like when you were like when you were into zombie movies you were a weirdo like I used to yeah. Dawn of the Dead those are like some of my favorite movies and I remember sitting around with friends watching those movies and just sort of being like a more of a niche thing maybe it's sort of like when your band becomes popular you're like oh screw them yeah but I mean it is weird now how like I'm at work and like people who couldn't be in, are not into anything genre at all are all talking about The Walking Walk Dead, Dead. Yeah. who couldn't be bothered to watch a horror movie or a sci-fi movie all of a sudden these people are talking about The Walking Dead and The Governor and this and that and I guess credit to them I guess credit to AMC for marketing and credit to uh, them for producing a show that's uh, that holds people's uh, attention I can't believe that it's the it's it's the highest rated sh- drama on television it's yeah. it's, it's insanity yeah. I mean, I feel like I'm in I'm I'm in like an alternate universe or something. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. you know, hey, it's fine. I mean, it's it's still a good show so far. You know, it, it, it was also nice is that you know there are some books like um like Death Star that came out in 2007 that you oh, know that is it, a good book. I read. Yeah, that. And, and and there's there's an example of an EU book that you that anyone can pick up and read. If you've seen Star Wars, you can read this book and and get it because it it's, it basically is. Everything happened on the Death Star right before she blows up. <laughs> but it's you know it's so you, you you don't feel like you're out of out of time and place. You you know exactly where you are. And I think that at after after you know the, the when the when with the legacy and then fate of the, and then the fate of the Jedi and the complaints from fandom. Although surprisingly, the Crucible, which is the the Troy Denny book that came out this year, it kind of keeps on. Beating that horse, we're still good. We're still good. It's old Luke and it's old Han, and it's like. But anyway, we'll see. We'll see where they take that. But it's nice that I think that they recognize the the editors and um, recognize that. Hey, we need to. We need books for people who are looking at these lists that. Chris and I are staring at on our computers right now, going, "Holy shit! How can anyone possibly get through all of this? And how could anyone?" Approach, approach this material in a, in, a, in a way that they feel like they can become invested in it. They can't. So instead, these little books like um, Scoundrels, you know, that came out recently, that's kind of a fun heist kind of book where it's about Han and Lando, but they're young and they're, they're the ones that we know from A New Hope and from Empire. Yeah. So it's it's it kind of has that, that familiarity that I think is much more approachable. And just do one book about it and make it fun and just make it make it sort of a little more lighthearted. Yeah, I mean, 
I, I mean, I guess the, what they, I guess the, there's got to be maybe uh, just a decent amount of, of coin in having a captive audience and keeping them buying books in a series. So it's like, you know, these, these listen, publishing's trying to survive. I understand, and you know, I, I think keeping keeping fans on the hook for another book in the series is probably uh, good for their business, but. Yeah. But for me, I'm just more attracted to like scoundrels is a great idea for a book. You know, it's like I'm oh, you're always interested in what the heck was it that that Han and Lando were busy we're doing? Do, were doing? Yeah. And how did the Millennium Falcon end up in Han's uh, with Han? And and what yeah. and, and why did were they not talking in Empire? And you know what I mean? What what went on? So it is yeah. a. It is a cool that that stuff always interests me. Like I said, Death Star. What was the Death Star is this huge thing with like a million dudes on it. You know, I mean, you only ever saw like a tiny portion of it. Right. What was right. going on in the Death Star when it blew and, up? And, and, and what's interesting about all of these books that we're sort of we've been talking about for the past few minutes, such as Scoundrels, is clearly Ocean's Eleven meets Star Wars. Right. Um, Death Troopers and Red Harvest is clearly you know horror genre meets Star Wars. Kenobi is clearly for those who have read it, you know. Uh, it's it's a western meets Star Wars. I mean, very much so. I mean, it, it feels it feels like um, um, like Hell on Wheels or like a, you know one of the one of the one of the more modern contemporary um, western shows that are on TV nowadays. But what 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 they've done is they, the EU has stopped trying to be this massive thing and just say, hey, what if we just take a familiar genre and put a Star Wars spin on it? And and that's the kind of content that I think we've seen quite a bit of recently. And, and it's been good. I think I mean it hasn't been earth shattering, but I think it's been good. And I think it it, it I think it's what it says to us as as fans uh, of the EU is that the EU as we know it is sort of coming to a close. Right. Because and that's not a bad thing. I think we should all get excited by the fact that you know, people people are so concerned that episode seven, eight, nine is going to invalidate so much of this EU content, and it very it very may will. And sure. but the upside is that there's going to be all brand new stories that can be EU stories based on these new films. Exactly, so, it's, it's going to just spawn off its own thing, which is something that I was sort of hoping uh, to flip the coin on Star Trek that the the new movies would have some something to flesh out that new movie universe because they certainly nobody seems to want to get off their tuckus and get a show going right um so you just have two movies and it makes and that it makes been no there's been have, uh, uh, correct me if i'm wrong but have there been no new jj universe no books there was going to be there was like two or three planned books and they put the kibosh on them i believe because that had something to do with, uh, I don't know if it had to do with rights, but I think they just didn't want any other stories besides the movies. Well, that's awesome, except you're putting out a movie every four years, mm-hmm. uh, which is what they did with the last between. There was nothing to uh, build that universe up, um, and it makes the movie universe feel kind of shallow. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I guess they're still putting out books in the uh, Prime universe, which is fine. But, they are. I, I read that Vanguard series about that's good. TOS. I love that series. I yeah. really enjoyed that. Yeah, that's good. I mean, and anything by uh, David Mack uh, is is good if you've ever read anything by him. He just did a, a, a series on um, the return he did of that, He did that Excelsior series or I'm not sure not if he Excelsior. did Excelsior. No, he did um he did Destiny which was um, the end of the Borg in the book uh, universe. Okay. And then he did this other three-book series called uh, Cold Equations. Was it Cold Equations? Is that was? Yeah, it's called Cold Equations, and it's about the return of Data to the Star Trek universe. Maybe maybe if, if, if this goes over well, maybe we can come back some point and do, and do Star Trek. Cause I, I actually that, is, that is copious. Yeah. That Star Trek books, um, 
go way so go so far back too. Yeah, yeah. I've I've read a decent amount of them. I'm sure that you're much much more expert at them than I am. But I, I do have a fairly sizable collection and packed away somewhere, and but, I have read quite a few of them. Yeah, I, I I lament that there's nothing in that universe. There is the comic book series that's ongoing with the Star Trek movies, and um, the comics. There's comics for Star Wars. Now that that's something we sort of left out because Brian's not. I've read a bunch of them. I'm not. I mean, I've, I've just. I've never read any of them. Just the uh, the new series. He's reading the the Star Wars, which is based on the original George Lucas sort of idea for Star Wars, mm-hmm. and that is a pretty weird, wild uh, comic book series. You know. You know. It's, what's What's funny about it is that it, it's 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 hard to follow the story because you're getting hit with names that are familiar to you, but they they're in the wrong context, and so without that context, you're you, you get a little confused. Um, the artwork's great, and yes. having having read some of those treatments um, online, you know, at least I, I, I knew, I knew where they were going in terms of how the story sort of develops and who the characters are, but it is a, it's a bit of a challenging read, but it is, it's an interesting experiment. Yeah, it is, sure. it is definitely challenging, but it is, the art is great. Um, yeah, when like Luke Skywalker is an old dude with a beard, Han Solo is like a green dude, you know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah. It's all kinds of, it's, it's a little bit odd, but it's, it's a cool, uh, it's a cool series. There was, um, a, a big uh, Star Wars comic series called Legacy, which sort of was like a hundred years after, like, Return of the Jedi or whatever. Uh-huh. And I have all of the uh, the um, collections of them, like the graphic novels are put together. But it is a bit ridiculous, you know. It's like um, there's like a million Sith, and they all got red lightsabers. And, you know, they all look like Darth. Right. Maul. You know, so I guess, I guess it's a tribe of the Sith thing. And there's like an Empire, but they're not connected to the Sith. And then there's like this Skywalker is a main character, and he but he's like sort of a scumbag who like <laughs> is like a drug addict and like. Right. Well, what happened? What happens is these Sith come back, and they uh, and there is Jedi's, and his dad was uh, I forget what his dad's name was, but I think he was like the son of Ben Skywalker or something, and his dad gets killed, and he and the whole Jedi's get wiped out. And he sort of survives somehow and becomes like a smuggler, and then you know sort of gets shoved back into being a good guy and of course r2d2 shows up and like right. he's sort of haunted by the ghost of luke skywalker the force ghost telling him he should be doing the right thing and he's like he does those death sticks so that he doesn't have to hear him anymore it's pretty right. it's pretty wild i mean it's, it, it did conclude they've they've restarted a new thing called legacy i haven't read it yet but it did conclude and it wasn't bad it was like you said it's sort of just it was interesting it was good action but it wasn't like to me, it wasn't very Star Warsy. It was just like I think what they think Star Wars fans want to see, which is a bunch of dudes with lightsabers and you know yeah. <laughs> whacking yeah. at each other, which, which is fine. Which is, I guess, if you would have asked me after Return of the Jedi, if you could see another Star Wars movie, I'd oh, I want to see like a bunch of people with like a bunch of Jedi's and lightsabers. But really, that sort of you know we saw that now and it sort of like got lost in the mix. <laughs> you know, it's like yeah. it was cool to see like I guess a bunch of Jedi's, but. They were really kind of not great Jedi's. They were, you know, <laughs> in episode two, you see like thirty, like I don't know how many Jedi's it was in the episode two in that arena. And I remember it took my son, who's uh, almost sixteen now, but he was he was he was very young then. And their part in that. And by the way, he was 
making his way through that movie, which was not the greatest movie to take a young child to because it doesn't move very well. Right. But by the time he gets to the arena and all the Jedi start popping out, he he wakes up. He's like, holy mackerel, you know, there's like a million <laughs> Jedis. And then you just start getting blown away yeah. by like, you know, bugs or just getting killed left and right. I'm like, geez, I was meant to be- I was always brought to believe that Jedis were like so badass that like they, but these guys are just getting blown up left and right. And I mean, you know, he really, um, Demystify the Jedi. For me. And I think that, right, I think I think that that's probably you know as we sort of bring this full circle and put a bow on it. I think that that's you know again with the EU was it's it's terrific in that there's so much content and its biggest problem is that there's so much content and eventually you just end up watering down yep. these the stories, the backgrounds, the characters. You know, do I I I I don't mind reading about Han and Leia sitting around drinking coffee one morning. But, you know, it's kind of like, uh, you know, I, I, there's got to be a better way we can use these characters. It doesn't have, we don't have to get into such minutiae of their lives. And, uh, but, well, um, I mean, but who knows? Is- you know, so like Han Solo was like a hero of uh, the, 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 uh, the, the rebellion, right? Which right. by the time the series is over was 40 something years ago. Yeah. It's like talking, it's like as if you were, if, if a general from like the re- Vietnam was like, Still out saving the, you know what I mean? Like yeah, still, act, it, and it just isn't really, you know, ring true. But it, it strains, it strains credibility <laughs> a little bit. It's, it, it, you know, these these guys, these people retire. You know, it's like they're yeah. not still out there. Uh, you know, it just doesn't. You know, but but like you said, like, like we said before, this this episode seven is going to provide yes. us with you know uh, these characters who will be you know yes they're going to be older and they probably won't be involved through the entire series, but we'll have a chance to see them one more time and. And uh, all sorts of new characters to look forward to. So we have a, the EU will be alive and well, and uh, will continue on. And uh, I would never dissuade anyone from going back and picking up one of these older books and taking a look at it, just uh, for a sense of what what Star Wars history is all about and what has informed a lot of these characters and uh, what has yeah. really informed our fandom. So my recommendation for sure is read the Thrawn trilogy. If you're going to read any Star Wars books. Just try those out. It's yep. immediately following Return of the Jedi. You can read them, and then if you're interested, you can you have so much to choose from. It's uh, utterly ridiculous. But if I was you, I would you know I would cherry pick some of those single book series or single books and see yeah. see how you like them because those are so those are so uh, so much fun. A lot and they're, and they're if they're done a lot of them are done in in a, in, a, in the uh, in the spirit of expanding on a single part of Star Wars history, which is really what we've all done since we were kids, which is when yeah. I had a, I had a action figures, and I had an action figure of of Dengar or Forlom or um, some random squid face from Jabba's palace. I'd you I'd give them a story because that's all we really had. It wasn't any yeah. internet, you know. So it's like we had to uh, sort of use our imagination. So it's always fun to see uh, these characters that were sort of minor, which Star Wars excels at. Taking a minor yep. character, Boba Thank Fett, you. minor, really, Boba Fett, minor character, in any sense of the word. He shows up in Empire, he sort of tracks the Millennium Falcon, he has a couple of lines, and he takes Han Solo away. And a whole mythology sprung up around this one character who was really just meant to be sort of like a, like Clint Eastwood in like... Or something, you know, yeah, man with no name, just like this guy, yeah. he's a bounty hunter, he's he's badass, you don't really need to know too much about him other than he's got a cool suit, and uh, and he's sort of, you know, he, looks, he just looks cool, and, yeah. and he's mean, 
Yeah. But then you now he's he's his his importance in the uh, Star Wars uh, saga has become uh, overwrought. Legend. Yeah, <laughs> well, and, and and you know and people can go online and uh, look at look at the chronology of these books and and like you said with these one offs pick a, pick an era pick a, a time frame that you want to hear a little bit more about and pick that series or that one book or whatever and uh, and really uh, sort of delve into it and uh, enjoy it because it's something you know that you're you can be comfortable with and familiar with so uh, thanks for listening everybody um... yeah it's been a lot of fun it's been great to be able to to just give everyone a little overview of all these and um, give everyone a, an idea of, of, of you know how we sort of perceive these these stories as they came out and uh, how they helped keep our fandom alive during times when there wasn't a lot going on and uh, um, you know I, I still to this day you know there's always a Star Wars book or on a, on my Kindle or by my bed and uh, every night I always go to go to sleep reading a Star Wars novel and <laughs> it's, it, it's it's true and I love it and it's just it, it's I find it very relaxing and I really enjoy these uh, these books and it's been great to have a chance to, to talk to them, talk to all of you about them with my good buddy Chris here okay. All right, everybody, uh, take it easy. May the force be with you, and uh, I'll see you when I see you. (laughs) (laughs) Take care, everybody. Thanks very much, Rico, for letting us come on today. Absolutely. Bye-bye.